Welcome to Thrive Radio, expert visionary and innovative business, life, and relationship advice to live a life of doing the impossible with your host, Amy Montgomery. I'm your host, Amy Montgomery, entrepreneur and digital marketing agency owner. Today, my guest is Gretchen Hellman. She's a career coach and founder of Outside the Box Coaching. She's a tech industry veteran and former executive who has a lifelong love of disrupting things such as cultural stereotypes, dysfunctional groupthink, and markets. Now she disrupts the way we work by researching, developing methods to bring greater joy and authentic success. Gretchen, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Amy. It's great to be here. Yes. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey of how you became a career coach? You can look at it through any lens. Through one lens, it was a series of random events and accidents leading to a huge midlife crisis where I threw out everything, a very successful career I built. But when I really look back, it was a journey that I was on that was supposed to lead me here. I grew up in one of the epicenters of the success machine. I literally grew up on Stanford campus. My father's a professor there and it blew my mind when I realized not everybody's a world-renowned expert in something because all my neighbors were. And growing up, that was also the Silicon Valley as it was really finding its legs of being the Silicon Valley it was today. I knew I didn't fit in and I didn't really understand like when people would ask me, what do you want to be when you grow up? When I was three, I would just say a cow because I thought my answer was as ridiculous as their question. But kind of fast forwarding to elementary school, I wanted to be a teacher who founded a school that didn't bore kids to death and that didn't scold them for being who they were. And so already at that age, I was starting to see that there needed to be room for people's authenticity and people's individuality. Had an epic time in the punk rock scene in the 80s. I didn't really feel like anybody would let me be good. So I decided to be really good at being bad. And I was awesome at it. Sorry, mom and dad. (laughs) I dropped out of high school and I had a child and I needed to raise her. And I changed like that. I started majoring in electrical engineering, not because I liked electrical engineering, but because I felt like it could make money. I was having fun, like learning that I could learn it. Like that part was really cool. Out of college, I took the job that offered me the most money, not the one that really spoke to my heart. And I spent my entire career trying to turn my career back into that thing that I turned down because it wasn't paying enough. Like I was always trying to reach for the more fun projects. Daughter grew up big midlife crisis. And I just followed my intuition. I was sitting around one day and I said, I don't know what coaching is. I don't know why, but I want to study it. I also hired a career coach at that time who was not a good fit career coach for me. And I remember sitting in her office and she's like, well, what do you really want to do? And I remember thinking inside my head, oh, I want to do what you do. But I was too embarrassed to say it. So through following my intuition, not really needing to have it figured out and just following the trail of what I was attracted to, it's led me here. I've been in practice for six years and little did I know that everything I learned in engineering school, everything I learned in corporate, I climbed the ladder because I had an authority problem all the way up to the senior executive ranks. So all of that stuff was training for me, helping people create the future without being able to predict it. And that's what I do today. And I really love it. Through that journey, what are you grateful for? 
Oh, I'm grateful for so much. I'm really grateful for my career, right? I mean, to be a career coach that doesn't really love their career, (laughs) but I really do love my career because I have to live in the space of knowing that everyone is doing their best to be smart. Everyone is doing their best to be good. Everyone is a unique individual And the tools that we've been taught, which are judgment, listening to our inner critic, worrying about image are the exact things that keep us from success. I'm so grateful that every day I get to live in a space that teaches me over and over again, things I need to remember and things I need to know. Love that. You have a very different definition of real success. And we talked a little bit about this, of how there are so many different types of success that are pushed on people, that that definition, what does it mean to you to achieve real success? Yeah, it's really interesting how we throw around that word in our culture, like top 10 things successful people do. Have you seen those lists? Yes. We never stop to actually go, what is success? Like if I followed one of those lists, I would be waking up every morning exhausted because I'm a night owl. I would be constantly scolding myself over not being engaged enough, active enough, reading enough. How would I feel successful following that list when it doesn't fit who I am? And so I really work with my clients and it's one of my goals to help. I said, I like disrupting dysfunctional groupthink. Current groupthink is success is everybody approving of you, but I've left a career. I finally got the S before my VP. Like I was an SVP and I wanted that S so badly. And I was cuddling expensive bottles of wine at night and crying. Like that's not success. What true success is, it's a feeling and a paycheck, and a path to somewhere we want to go. It's an experience. And so it can't come in a list of things to do every day that involve really not honoring who you are. We find authentic success by, instead of listening to how we've been taught to think about our career with what do you want to be when you grow up? Well, how do I know what I want to be? I'm three. I don't know who I am. Help me understand who I am, right? (laughs) So we want to start understanding who we are. And it's so simple at the end of the day. It's understanding what builds our energy, what excites us, what incites our excitement, and then applying that to the job market. Instead of figuring out what box we're going to squeeze into, The reason why I named my business outside the box is because we take an inventory of who we really are. We take an inventory of what's getting in our way and what we really want out of our careers. Like money is a real thing. It really is. And then we look at the job market to find best fit. So it's a much better way to do it than just picking a job title that sounds good to everybody else. I love that, especially because, you know, Where I'm at today, much like yourself, I created a career that fits my personality and what I value most now. Yes, but I bet you, like me, have the best boss ever. Right. right? So my boss, Gretchen Hellman, totally gets me. She really does. So (laughs) yes, there are many benefits to working for yourself. So what are some of the mindset struggles most people deal with related to their career? Well, it's interesting because when we start to think about any changes in our career, our primal brain gets really engaged. And our primal brain is not our creative thinking brain. 
And we're actually taught to use our primal brain very early on. Like we're taught to worry our way to success. How can we worry our way to success? That makes no sense. Like worrying does not feel successful. So the primal brain, like most people can help their friends out with their careers way better than their own. And it's because our primal brain kicks in and sends all sorts of chemicals throughout our body to tell us that we have to be able to predict the future. And we absolutely cannot predict the future. We can't do it. So all we can do is truly be able to predict the future and get the fear and inner critic out of career planning because they plan terrible careers. Instead, what I do with my clients is we listen to the fear, first of all. So one of the common fears is, oh, I'm worried I'm going to do all this work and nothing good is going to happen, right? Very, very common fear, right? And so instead, with that fear, we're like, okay, fear, you're kind of correct. Because if you don't listen to fear, it turns into anxiety. You're kind of correct. How about we engage in shorter experiments? Rather than deciding we're going to do this thing that we don't know you want to do or that's possible to do, we're going to shorten up the time frame and engage in conscious experiments and learn from them over time. So that can really help. And all that really is, it's applying agile like methodology, which tech uses to the idea of careers. So I already learned that back when I was a head of product. So yay me, yay tech for teaching me that. The other thing is people have been taught to believe that their worth is on the line. Oh, I got accepted. Oh, I got rejected, right? And I hear this from VPs of recruiting that I work with, from senior executives who hire people all the time. I got rejected. And I look at them and I say, have you ever really truly rejected a candidate? And they go, oh, no, no, I haven't at all. And it's like, okay, good. Well, why haven't you? Well, they just weren't a fit. Exactly. They just weren't a fit. So what I've really been working on is taking all that learning that I had, tech is really good at creating the future without being able to predict it. And all those models work really well when applied to our careers. So I use a lot of growth hacking, innovation, and agile methodology to help keep, keep fear and inner critic at bay. Wow. How do you prepare individuals to go to the job market and find the right job? That starts with figuring out where they're stuck. So we go through this loop over and over again in our careers. What do I want? How do I get it? Go about getting it. And then making the most out of it while we have it. Unfortunately, because our primal brains get engaged, like people will come to me and they'll say, oh, I need a resume. And I'll say, okay, well, why do you need a resume? Well, I'm not getting any job offers. Okay, well, let's take a look at that. So how many jobs have you applied to? Ted. How many interviews have you gotten? Five. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. I didn't know that. Yes, that is good. So we want to like put, you and I were talking about metrics before we started this, right? You want to put metrics behind it so you know that things are going to be good. How many second interviews have you had? None. I have no second interviews. Okay, so now we know where you're stuck. So I basically assess with my clients which part of that loop, either whether it's knowing what they want or how to get it or interview communication, or if it's just, I want to leave my job because I don't feel successful, and then we can help them feel more successful at work, and we dig in and go for it. We're looking at full service, go to the job market stuff. Oh, that's all we're really doing. We're marketing. We're just approaching a job market. and so. 
a step that people usually skip over because it's too uncomfortable is what do I want next? And I actually do enforce that we spend time thinking about it. Even if you're a software developer and you just want to be another software developer, right? There are things that you are looking for in your next job that are important to bring to consciousness. Once we understand what my client is looking for, we write their resume in the language and the success criteria of that thing that they've chosen. One of the biggest heartbreaks I see in job search is people applying for too many different categories at once. You can't get your stories right. It's just really hard to go out after that many targets. And then I help my clients in interviews. We get the inner critic out of going to the interview. We prepare them to show up and meet human beings rather than to show up and give perfect answers. It works wonders on interview impact. I like that. There's many people that right now are going through career transition. Maybe they've been at a job for a really long time. They realize they love working from home. So now they want to change. There's also a lot of nurses out there that have left their job and they're starting over. What would you say to someone listening that isn't sure that they can make that leap to a different type of career? The first thing that I would tell them is the golden rule of my practice. And the golden rule of my practice is if you're willing to do the work, you can have it. Now we have to know what it is, what work it takes and see if you're willing to do it. So like for me, for example, being a television writer sounds cool to me sometimes. Sometimes I think about that, like, and I'll be like, oh, maybe I should be a television writer, even though I love my job. And then I look at the work. No, I don't want to do all that work to be a television writer. It isn't worth it to me. So game off right? Starting this business took a lot of work and a lot of uncertainty, but I cared about it enough. So game on for that. Part of the challenge of why people doubt their ability to create what they choose is because they're not looking at it scientifically. We are both overwhelmed and blessed with massive amounts of data that we can access about any question we may have about life. So what I do is I help my clients look at a change that they want to make scientifically. So we really understand the work it would take. And it does take some experimentation and engagement. It is a full contact sport to be able to do that. But through engagement, they can get the answers they need to see if they want to do it. But it is always possible. So you also help small businesses. How do you help them build their business fast? Yeah, and I help small businesses because it is a form of career, right? Being self-employed or growing a business, and it's a neat loop. I've helped people with businesses get jobs, people with jobs start their businesses. It's all part of the career flow. Once again, it's the same phenomenon is that our primal brains think we need to predict the future without being able to create it. And so the most beautiful secret that I tell, particularly my business clients, but a lot of my career clients is that failure doesn't exist. And it's a very, very well-kept secret. And then I ask them for their reaction. And usually they're like, well, no, it doesn't. No, (laughs) no, Gretchen, failure exists. It absolutely 100% exists. But then I explain to them that it's an illusion that we create when we get attached to outcomes we do not control. For example, if I'm going to bake a cake and I'm going to give the cake to people and I decide if they like the cake, I've succeeded. And if they don't like the cake, I failed. I've created the illusion of failure in that circumstance. 
But if I decide I'm going to experiment with some new flavors and I'm going to give the cake to people and I'm going to study how they feel about it and use that to inform my future cake baking, failure doesn't exist, right? So it really doesn't. I, I can create the illusion or not. And sometimes we want to and sometimes we don't. But then I ask them, which one is going to make me a better cake baker? The second. And so as long as we stay in an experimental mindset where everything is an experiment, but we're intentional about it. So I have a larger goal and then I have some unknowns. So I'm going to engage in some experiments to see what happens. And I'm going to use that to inform my next experiment. We get places much, much faster. So I help them decide that first, except failure doesn't exist, figure out what the big goal is, clearly define some experiments that feel reasonable, attractive and attainable to do. And then I help them study the results so they can build faster. That's great. I love that. So what do you think your truth has been that has gotten you this far in your journey? It's that we're all born perfect. You know, we all love to give the world what we most badly needed ourselves. And I can tell you my very uptight private school in Palo Alto did not appreciate me very much. So (laughs) what's wrong with Gretchen? There's got to be something wrong with Gretchen. And my truth is that we're all born perfect and there's a place for all of us. Through one lens, ADHD is a horrible disease. Through another lens, it's a special form of genius and everybody else has like creativity deficiency disorder, right? It depends on how you look at these things. And that if we truly honor ourselves and who we are and really accept that as being perfectly okay, and then look for the opportunities for us to share that with employers or with customers, then that's when the magic happens. Can you share some of your client success stories with us? Sure. I just met with a client today. I've worked with her for quite some time. She works for this bang company, one of the top tech companies, and she wanted to interview for a manager position, but she couldn't talk about herself. She came to me and she said, Gretchen, when I'm talking about work, it's great. But when it comes time for me to talk about myself, I just clam up. So we rewired the rule that she had in her head that it was rude to talk about herself to being a polite thing by really understanding what the interview game was. Because you have to talk about yourself in the interview game. It's rude to not talk about yourself in the interview game. We looked at the sources of where those rules came from and did some reconfiguration there. And we were very intentional about how we gave her permission to be intentional and to really share how she wanted to go about leading this group. And she got the position and they said that they weren't planning on giving it to her, but she was so clear and thoughtful in her interview. They had no other choice but to give it to her. So now I do check-ins with her every now and then. There's another client. She came to me, brilliant. She has a PhD in data science and she's from France. And she came to me and she said, Gretchen, what's wrong with me in America? And I said, what do you mean what's wrong with you in America? And she said, well... Everybody just keeps asking me about my personality in interviews. And I said, oh, that's normal. Especially when people are coming here from a different country, the way that we play these games, like there's so many subtle differences. So first of all, I just taught her about how it works here. She hadn't really landed in the career path that she wanted to, even though she had an amazing education. 
we really honored what she wanted to do. And she really wanted to be more in the entertainment side of things. She wanted to use data science to really kind of tell some truths about the world. We repositioned her completely from head to toe. And that was some pretty deep interview anxiety, which came from some school trauma. And she is off to the races in her dream job for the exact kind of company she wanted. It's a sacred trust my clients put in me because it's a vulnerable, like nobody calls me on a good day. Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, right. By the time they get to me, they're like, darn it, I've tried it. Like, I'm tired. I can't figure this out. So when I'm able to find those partnerships with clients and we can really just change everything, and I mean everything in a really positive way and give them tools to be better leaders and happier workers, it's just awesome because I feel like I'm in a way I'm helping heal corporate America a little bit, which could use some love. Yes, definitely. So if you're able to give yourself one piece of advice when you first started out, what would it be? Everything's an experiment. (laughs) That's really good. That's true. (laughs) Yeah. I was just talking to one of my clients that's starting her business. We were talking about it earlier today. If everything's an experiment, failure goes poof. And it's normal to feel uncomfortable, like you're stepping into a new skin. I actually called it coming out of the coaching closet to let everybody know that cybersecurity products executive Gretchen was going to be a life coach at the time. That's how far I defined it, right? It was daunting. And if I look back on it, right, kind of back to my original statement, had you become a coach? Well, from one lens, it was a mess through another. Like if I knew how everything built upon each other, wow, what a great plan, right? You know, to choose my niche, that's a hard one that a lot of people get stuck on. And what I did, and I wasn't doing intentionally, but now that I look back on it is I tried them on like outfits. What do you do? I'm a life coach. What does that do for people? It helps them feel better. How do you do that? I asked them really good questions. Oh, what do you do? I'm a success coach. Oh, what do you do? I'm a career coach. What's that? I want to know more. So anyway, it just takes, so eventually, you know, when you've got the right outfit on, so it starts to feel good. The other thing is 100% of top experts in their field started off with zero experience, everybody. And back to Stanford, like I know some fancy people, like some fancy experts, let me tell you. Number one surefire way to make sure you don't create what you want is to feel like you have to do it perfectly or you can't take any action. You're just not going to take any action. When career coach was the thing, I was like, oh, I can't be a career coach. I don't have any books on resumes. And I was like, oh, like there must be some secrets about resumes that I must need to discover to serve my clients well. So I ordered the top books on resumes from Amazon. I eagerly awaited them. They arrived and I took one look at them and I'm like, these are terrible resumes. They're awful resumes in the book. And the reason I knew that is because I'd hired people all the time. So I was like, these just look old school and eighties. And I can't even tell like a point of view or what these people actually did. So yeah, so experiment until you get there and you'll get there. If someone's listening and they would love to work with you, what's the best way to contact you and to possibly get a meeting with you? 
So uh, they can just go to my website, which is www.outsidethebox.today. That's T-O-D-A-Y. I offer free consultations. I also have a new coach that joined my practice as well, Marisol. There are two of us that are ready to serve you with helping you engineer your future success. I love it. I'll be putting all the links down below in case you need to access those. And Gretchen, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your expertise and sharing your journey. My pleasure. It was super fun to talk about. Thanks for doing this. The world needs more sharing of this stuff. Yes, definitely. And if you're listening to this podcast today, you want more information about the podcast or upcoming shows, you can go to a call to thrive.com. Thank you everyone for listening and have a great day.